The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Thursday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you very much for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, let me tell you what we're going to do today. We've got David Allen from Elite Energy Services on today's program to tell the story about their old school entrepreneur family business. I love a good sit down, a good just tell me your story about how you family business got started. Well, they're in the energy industry and they created a fire tube basically and they've been sacrificing, their family has been sacrificing to prove the product is worth what they believe it's worth in terms of some of the science, some of the safety innovations, etc. So, you know, I mean, it's one of those stories where they put everything into it and it's, it's starting to pay off. It's doing really well. I think you're really going to enjoy their story and also kind of what they're doing. They're doing a lot of uh, preventative work in terms of spills and safety precautions out there in the oil patch. So this is one of those things where, you know, technology is helping the environment. Technology is helping safety. Technology is helping the economy. So this is one of those great stories that's happening up in the Bakken oil field. It's a North Dakota born and bred family, the Allen family. This is uh, David Allen with Elite Energy Services on today's program. So uh, very much excited for that here at the Multimedia Cafe. Now, the Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. And I invite each and every one of you folks to go to the crudelife.com and take a look, just surf it around a little bit, you know, and we've got other programs as well, you know, the Crude Life uh, Week in Review, as well as the Multimedia Week in Re- Multimedia Cafe Week in Review, but we've got our musicians on there, so if you click on the social media tab, I'm sorry, the musicians tab, you're able to not only see some of the musicians that have been on the program that have performed live, but we have some of their songs with their live performances right on there. So you can listen to their live performances that they've done in studio here. Um, we do quite a bit with musicians on the program. So if you are a singer-songwriter and you've got some music that you have like to have on the program here and it's licensed not by you know Sony or CD Baby or anything like that, give it to us. We'll gladly play it on here and give you a plug and link you to our website and let you know we're a big supporter of the arts the one thing that the oil and gas industry has taught us here at the multimedia cafe is that to be a good capitalist and to be a good citizen of the community you have to support the arts the arts bring so much to our economy in fact there was a time when our economy was based on the the, the arts the renaissance because we needed a creative movement and the arts usually usher that in And when we have such a technical world, in fact, our main program today is about technology. You need to have some arts to offset it in order to bring in that creativity to tweak the technology and make the technology even better. So that is one of the main reasons why we have musicians on our programs, is to really support the arts as best we can. And what a great platform. We're on uh, 
Our radio network is over 30 radio stations. We've got over 350,000 social media followers. We've built a very nice platform. And what a great way for some musicians to sell a CD or few, uh, two, you know? Who knows? At least get your name out there. So at least creates some momentum for them. And you know what? We love it. We love singer-songwriters here at the Crude Life Media Network and the Multimedia Cafe, which is what you're listening to right now. Also, at thecrudelife.com, we've got our social media program. So if you click on social, you can check out all of our different pages. We have 350,000 social media followers here at the Crude Life and the Multimedia Cafe. So we'd love it for you to check us out, thecrudelife.com. And we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have David Allen with Elite Energy Services right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Bellfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com Why are you striving these days? Why are you still trying? Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool. Joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're talking with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. My name is David Allen, and I am with Elite Energy Services out of Williston, North Dakota. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you for joining us here on the Crude Live Media Network, but uh, this is a family-run business, correct? It is. It is. We've uh, we've been in the Bakken now for about five years, and uh, originally we started out uh, working as a roustabout company when we first came out, and uh, during the downturn, like everyone else, it really had quite an impact on us. We uh, ended up having to lay most of our crew, in fact, all of our crews off, and and just basically, you know, tried to make the best of it that we could with a, as a family, just my myself and two sons and my wife were the only ones that were kind of left in the area and uh, so that kind of that kind of led to other things we had to come up with come up with different ways to survive the downturn so that led to this uh, scanning program well and that was the one thing that kind of piqued my interest in this particular story was that um, you guys had to reinvent yourself or figure out a new way to make money during the downturn you know I'm in the same boat and a lot of other ones too and Dr. Lauren Scott, who's a um, economist and energy and speaks at a lot of conferences, he always says, you know, a smart, clever capitalist. And so uh, tell me, how, how did you reinvent yourself? What, what, what are you doing now? How did you, you know, turn yourself around during that uh, downturn in order to um, get some cash flow going? Well, what we did is we, uh, you know, we were doing, uh, 
you know, just a few little odd things once in a while with the uh, oil companies, and we were just about to the point where we were ready to close shop and, and head back home to Idaho and kind of get back into what we were doing before. And uh, we as a family kind of got together and said, you know, there's really got to be a way that we can survive this and, you know, come up with a way that's going to have a significant impact uh, on the industry. And so we spent probably a couple of weeks just throwing different ideas, you know, to see what was there, coming up with different thoughts about what we could and couldn't do. And one day we just said, you know, our our expertise for the most part was heater treaters because we were so involved with uh, fire tube changes and preventative maintenance programs and, uh, you know, everything associated with the, with the fire tube like most roundabout crews were. And uh, so one of the things that we came up with or started thinking about is there had to be a way to uh, determine how bad these tubes were. Mr. David Allen, I'd like you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we continue the conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you are listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call and please don't fight These hands that are holding you And my hands are holding here in my side Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call and please don't fight These hands that are holding you And my hands are holding you Here in my side, my hands are holding you. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. The Radiant Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. And uh, so one of the things that we came up with or started thinking about is there had to be a way to uh, determine how bad these tubes were rather than just allowing them to fail and leak salt water and oil all over the ground, or in the worst case scenario, just catch on fire. I mean, you used to see lots of stories about heater treaters burning up, or we've even been on a couple locations where we had to to help replace those. And during our preventative maintenance program days for the different oil companies, we would actually pull these tubes out 
and bang on them with a hammer and scrape them off with a screwdriver or wire brush to try to find out how bad the corrosion was and whoever the guy was that was senior on the job made a determination that okay it looks good either we put it back or we change it and so to us that was didn't seem like the most practical way of doing it that there had to be a more objective way of of trying to determine how bad the corrosion was with all the technology that's out there in the world there had to be something that we could do and so we started investigating it to try to decide if there was anything that existed and there wasn't we looked at x-ray and x-ray had to pull out the tube uh, ultrasound you know covers such a small area and you almost have to to hit the area that's got the most corrosion to even give you much of a of indication of how bad the, the corrosion were, was. And so we uh, started working with a couple of different outfits all over the world. I spent probably six months calling different places from UK to Germany to anywhere I could think of to try to come up with, to see if there was something that was there that we could use and there wasn't. And so we finally spent, after that, a couple of years and developed a, uh, what's called an MFL system, which uses a couple of very large magnets that go inside the fire tube, and there's some very sensitive um, uh, sensors inside that scanner head that can determine how much uh, resistance there is. So if there is a lot of resistance to the magnets, then the system says, okay, that you don't have any corrosion there. And if there's not much resistance at all, then you've got some corrosion. And so we started working uh, diligently. And like I said, after a couple of years, developed a few prototypes that actually worked. And uh, so that's that's where we're at right now. And and the other part of that story that's really interesting is, is uh, we didn't have any you know, company sponsorship, we didn't really, we weren't even sure if it was going to work. So we kept everything pretty quiet just to see because we didn't, we didn't want to build up this big grand, you know, thought and come to find out it wasn't going to work anyway. So uh, we didn't we didn't go out to market it to try to find investors or anything else like that. We just did it as a family, knew that it would have a pretty significant impact if we could make it work. And then we just, you know, scraped and nickeled and dimed our way through and, and put everything together that we needed to. And, and uh, you know, so now here we are with a, with a system that can determine how much corrosion is on the fire tube. And you don't even have to shut in the well. You don't have to drain the treater. You don't have to have anything. You know, you, know, you don't even make a big footprint on the location at all. We just basically show up, remove the arrestor, uh, the burner, do a quick scan and instantaneously we know exactly how bad that fire tube is so a company can decide whether they want to you know pull it or replace it or whether they want to go through and, and leave it in a little bit longer so you know first time in 50 years since the heater treat has been around you can actually go through and and stop a leak from occurring and that was the whole premise for what we were pushing is how much of an impact that would have you know, not only not only on the environment side of things, but also the cost. And so we're working with uh, several companies now in the Bakken, and uh, you know, they're they're talking about a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're saving because they no longer have to, you know, have a get a call that said the fire tube failed, and now we've got to spill all over the place. So they don't have to send out hydrovac trucks or 
you know, the fire department in the worst case scenario, they can actually plan all of their work based around what the, what the data is showing them on the fire tube. So you're like a old school entrepreneur then you didn't get any government grants or, 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 or politician money or, um, anything like that, huh? No, nothing, nothing. We, uh, like I said, we, we weren't sure that it was even going to work. In fact, there was a couple of times during that two year period of time that we just, we said this, this can't, we can't do it. This is not going to work. The technology is not there. The system is not there because we had to go through. And if you think about it, you have to curve very powerful magnets at the exact curve of the inside of a fire tube. And that's not an easy task. And these magnets are strong enough that we have to have a special way to get them off the fire tube, uh, you know, because they stick on there so heavy or so let me, excuse, let me, excuse me, so strong. Yeah, let me ask you a question, sidebar away okay. for a second. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, a, I'm an old school entrepreneur. You know, I started basically in my, my, my garage, if you will, metaphorical garage and uh, mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have any investors. I haven't gotten a dime from the state of North Dakota. I haven't gotten a dime from uh, any of the you know government entities that you know are get tax dollars to you know promote and same thing. They're given tax dollars to give towards innovative projects and that sort of thing. And you've you've seen millions of dollars go to companies all the time. Same thing with mine. Um, what? What, 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 why didn't you go get investors, I guess? And, you know, what, what, what made you stick with it? Because I think that's, that is an untold story in today's world because so many people get $75,000 from a local economic development corporation. And, man, seventy five grand would be huge, wouldn't it? It would have definitely helped, that's for sure. And uh, You know what I mean. I mean yeah. I'm not trying to pick a fight here. I'm trying to just, no. you know, I'm trying to illustrate that so, so many startup companies that are featured in the media, they get help. They have help. And so few companies like yourself and even like mine, you, you, you don't ever hear anything from these people. You know what I mean? No. No, you don't. And I think, you know, personally, I think that it's because a lot of times it's so hard to get that money and you have to go through and... Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you you really have to present the idea in such a way that you can get people to understand and buy it. And one of the issues that we had, you know, just in talking to, you know, the lay person about it, nobody really knows, unless you're in the industry, what a fire tube does. Nobody really understands how important that is. Nobody understands how big of an environmental impact that could be. I mean, if you talk to some producers, they're like, well... You know, yeah, it spills a little bit, but it's not a big deal. It's not reportable, you know, so there's that kind of an attitude. Or if you go to the bank or even to government entities, you know, they want all this documentation. And one of the issues that we had, it was so new, there wasn't even really much to compare it to because there was just, you know, trying to explain to them what a fire tube did and what you're trying to do with it. They would just kind of look at you like, well, that, you know, can't you go through and do anything with the Internet? <laughs> you know, can't you invent some kind of technology that's that way instead of, you know, I mean, I, it was funny because I even had one time, it has been a couple of years ago, talking to a, a group I was trying to purchase a, a piece of equipment, and we had it all done, you know, ready to go, and the, uh, 
people that were going to lend us the money. It was kind of a lender outfit. I said, well, what are you going to use it for? And I said, well, we're going to use it in the oil field to do this, this, this. Well, if it has anything to do with the oil field, we don't want it. We're, they pull it. Jeez. They want finances. No kidding. Mr. David Allen, ask you to hold that thought one more time. We're going to take a quick pause. and we come back, we continue the conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Bellfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool. Joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue our conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. So what are you going to use it for? I said, we're going to use it in the oil field to do this, this, this. Well, if it has anything to do with the oil field, we don't want it. We're, they pull it. Jeez. They finances. No kidding. Because of that. And so... That really soured me on trying to go anywhere outside of the oil field. I mean, you could go to, you know, at one time we even kind of approached uh, some of the local, uh, you know, development groups here and all that kind of stuff. And there was a lot of, well, you have to jump through this hoop. You have to jump through that hoop. You have to do this. You have to do that. And we finally decided, you know what, it's not worth it because, you know, let's, again, this was such an experimental thought that, you know, they've been trying to deal with this for years. I remember asking one of our guys, well, is there no other way to do this? And he said, no, nah, we've been trying to find that for 20 years. Nobody can figure it out. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, I yeah, just, it's a bit of in, increasing, um, in, increasing chatter in the state of North Dakota. I've been hearing it more and more about uh, some of the disdain towards that, the ghosting and just kind of lack of access and that sort of thing. So interesting. I was just talking with a guy yesterday about that, and he was giving me another story similar to yours, and I'm hearing it more and more. So like I say, I'm not trying to pick a fight or anything, but I am 
I am saying that this is a thing that's happening to a lot of people, and it's not being reported very much at all because, well, a lot of the same people get a lot of the same benefits over and over and over again. So that's all open record. But let's transition to the the word fire uh, fire tube. Um, You've mentioned, um, you know, that word a lot of different times, and I'm I'm not even that familiar with it. So uh, I have an idea in my head probably about the basic 5% of it. But tell me, what, what is a fire tube? it has to start going through a, you know, I like to call it a refining process. The refining process starts the minute that oil has, the minute that oil comes out of the ground. And so when it comes out of the ground, out of the the pumping unit or the well itself or out of the hole, it goes into what's called a heater treater. And a heater treater is a tall vessel that has different chambers inside of it. And the different chambers help break that oil down into water, and gas and the oil. So here in the Bakken, for example, they need to get a lot of that extra gas out of the oil so that they can ship it on trains and, and make it safer. Uh, and there's a lot, some wells produce a lot of uh, salt water. And the salt water, or the brine water, they call it, is extremely uh, caustic. If you get that spilled onto the ground, it can, sense, in a sense, basically sterilize the soil. And they, they can be a mess to clean up. I mean, we see in the news all the time about saltwater pipelines leaking. And, you know, the governor has the big zero tolerance for saltwater spills. And that's why is because that saltwater is, in a sense, concentrated saltwater. Like, if you think of the ocean being salty, some of this stuff around here can be 5, 10, 15 times more concentrated than that. And so if you get a leak or a spill in anything can be pretty pretty devastating and inside this treater is where all of that process takes place and in order for that process to begin the oil has to be heated and the way that they heat it is if you think of a fire tube as a very large u-shaped pipe that goes inside of that treater or inside that tall vessel that's where a flame a big open flame goes it's like a i kind of tell people it's like a blowtorch and just heats this pipe and then the pipe in turn heats the oil which helps break it down into water salt and gas one of the big problems with that is that pipe is basically immersed or basically covered in salt water so if you can just think of what rust does you know, if you leave a piece of metal outside and it rains and it goes through that process, starts to rust, just just think of it being about 20 or 30 times worse inside of that treater. So this pipe, which usually is about a quarter inch thick, just, you know, gets corroded so much that it gets a hole in it. And the minute it gets a hole in it, now all that content that's inside that treater can leak out onto the ground. So you can have a saltwater spill, you can have an oil leak, and when this oil leaks or sprays, it sprays directly onto that open flame, and then boom, then you have a heater treater fire. So so if you think about it, it you basically got you know, a flame that's just within fractions of raw crude oil. And so that can be pretty devastating. And you do that, you see a lot of a lot of heater treater fires. So the fire tube itself plays a very very key role in that. 
and, and like I said before, it's it's plagued the industry for years and years and years because when a hole gets into that fire tube, you never know it until, again, you have a leak or a fire. And so that's why we zeroed right in on that was if we can develop a way to decide or determine how bad that corrosion is, you know, basically on the, on the outside of that pipe, you can't see it. If you think about it, you're doing, you basically have a, you're looking down a pipe and you can't tell how much corrosion on the other side of that pipe. Well, this system tells us that, like an x-ray looks through your body and says you have a broken bone. This does something similar so we can see through that pipe, basically, and determine how much corrosion is there, which gives the producers a way to be proactive instead of reactive. You know, I wrote down um, environmental and remediation. Of course, uh, you mentioned the word spills and salt water, and those are two things that come right to my mind. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the environmental side. And I, I don't know if there's any cost savings with me- remediation. I'm just assuming there is. So if there is, expand on that too. Yeah, so so when you think about it, I mean, most, in fact, almost all treaters have a, have a containment berm around them. The berms are either dirt or they they can be, you know, kind of a lined uh, berm. But when you think about a leak, uh, sometimes these leaks are pinholes, and so you don't get an awfully lot on the ground. And sometimes they're quite a bit larger, so you get, for example, a a, a leak inside of a an earth berm, dirt berm. Well. Over time, if that if you figure the life cycle of a location is uh, 30 years, and in the past you can get two years out of these fire tubes, you've got you know 15 different leaks over a significant period of time that this salt water is just collecting. And see, salt water doesn't doesn't dissolve, it doesn't break up, it just you know basically sits there. However, if it rains, and there was a, a study done by the NDSU folks that really zeroed in on saltwater spills in general, and I was sitting in a conference one time, and they said, if you think about it, if if the saltwater uh, gets into the groundwater, or it's possible for the saltwater itself to migrate to a different location off, or a different area off location. And there was a few individuals from the land uh, group that said, yeah, they, they've had wells that were... Uh, basically taken down and remediated, and then all of a sudden, a few years later, there's a spot right out in the middle of their field that just they can't grow anything. And they have it tested, and sure enough, that's the salt water. And so when you think about the remediation side of it, what you're supposed to do is is remove all the earth that's basically contaminated with salt water. Well, when you do that, you have to remove it, which means equipment, and then you have to take it to a designated disposal. Mr. David Allen, ask you to hold that thought one more time as we take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Because I'm back to the way.
Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool. Joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we conclude our conversation with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. Is remove all the earth that's basically contaminated with salt water. Well, when you do that, you have to remove it, which means equipment, and then you have to take it to a designated disposal, and that's pretty expensive to to dump off, to dispose of, or if the berm is lined, you have to have a hydrovac truck, which is extremely expensive, come out and clean it all up and suck it all up and, and again, take it to the disposal. Well, by uh, avoiding the leak in the first place, you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to worry about any of that. So, you know, I, I kind of have taken a lot of interest lately, um, like I said, in the governor's zero tolerance part of this because, you know, he's really been quite adamant about trying to stop uh, pipeline leaks. They've tried to develop different technologies to identify potential weaknesses in pipelines and things. Well, I like to think that we were kind of on the front end of that because we're stopping a leak even though it occurs on location. You know, we're stopping a leak from occurring. So to me... A spill is a spill, regardless of origin. How is the uh, state responding to your technology? You know, we've talked a little bit to them. When we first started some of it, we've, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of like anybody else, a little skepticism that, that, uh, you know, okay, that sounds great, but I haven't really heard much back from them because this, uh, this month actually is our year mark, and so just to give you some general statistics. We've done well over well over 2,000 scans since since July of last year, and 30% of those scans would have basically what I said. We've done well over 2,000 scans. 30% of those would have had a leak occur within about four to five months, and so and out of those, 10% would have failed within about four weeks. So we're finding a lot of tubes that are just right on the edge of failing. And if you think about that, if you push that out a little bit, that's a significant number of spill or leak reduction just in that part of it. And that's, you know, some of the producers that we're working with, that's what they're, that's what they're telling us is the amount of money that they're saving having to do with remediation of these things is significant. you know, just from the just from the spill uh, cleanup side of it. So, how is the industry uh, adapting to technology? It seems to me that was a um, a big barrier for a while, and then there was an acceptance of, uh, I guess, the software technology. We call it the uh, iPad acceptance, uh, smartphone acceptance. But you're talking about a little bit different of a technology. It's almost like a smart pig or a sensor corrosion detection type. Uh, technology, which, you know, is that next level. You know, it really is. So um, talk to me a little bit about, doesn't sound like the state of North Dakota's um, jumping on board with some of the newer technology. I've, I've experienced that. A lot of others have too. 
Um, but the companies are, or are some of them having a hard time? Or talk to me about the industry's yeah, acceptance. Companies are. It, it's strange because when you first talk to somebody that's not really familiar with any of it, I, I had I had one producer tell me that just sounds like a magical stick. That can't work. You know that there's just no way that you can stick something inside that tube. And I can stand right there and watch that screen, and you can tell me how much corrosion's on there. And I said, no, it, it works. I mean, he was the ultimate in skeptic. And so we we went out and did some scans with him and, and found a, a tube that was in really, really bad shape. It hadn't leaked, but it was in pretty bad shape. And so he called us out there. Actually, he called me a couple of days later, and he said, hey, I just wanted you to know, we went out and pulled that tube, and see our, our software maps it, so they know pretty much where it's at. And he says, I was poking around at the area you told me that it was at with my pocket knife, and he said, my pocket knife went clear up to the hill, and I didn't even put any pressure on it. He said, so right now, I have no questions about whether this works. And he and I've had a couple producers tell me that, uh, that it's like, okay, this is the real deal, uh, you know, and... Uh, the ones that we're working with now are just, you know, like yesterday, we got a call from one of the guys, one of the companies that we're working with and said, hey, we need to we need to shut down a couple of treaters because we've got some uh, issues inside with them salting off. Can you please come out and check these fire tubes so we know whether we have to change them or not? And so I've got guys out there today that are checking these tubes and, and that in itself right there saved this company. You know, most, most time it costs the... Uh, Anywhere between fifteen or ten to fifteen thousand dollars to pull a tube to change it, and so they would have pulled these two tubes and checked them, you know, to change them rather. And we went out today, and I just saw the report, and neither one of them has to be changed. They're in great shape, so they saved thirty thousand dollars right there. So well, that's been took takes care of my talking turkey question for you. So uh, let's. Yeah. Kind of David Allen, uh, Elite Energy Services on the line with us here, uh, Crude Life Media Network. Uh, wanted to ask you as we wind down here, uh, other shale plays. You mentioned you're about a year old in the Bakken, seen some good results. You just got done talking turkey a little bit. So uh, are you looking at other shale plays? Are you in other shale plays? We were not currently in other shale plays right now. We're, we're kind of uh, mulling the idea of, of getting down into some of the other other areas we we really wanted to just do what we could do here in the Bakken area to really test this and make sure what we had was going to be the real deal and we've tested it to the point now where we're very secure and very confident that that this system works uh it's it's extremely cost effective for the producers i mean uh, i was going to tell you that we we charge uh one of the things to kind of reiterate the fact of, of how we like to take care of the the producers or the customer side of this, we just charge a flat rate. So we just charge the producers $500 to come out and scan their tube. We track their tube. We put it into a database so that if the tube, for example, is at 50%, you know, 50% of it's gone, we have a way of adding that into our database. And with the producer's buy-in, we put it on the schedule to be rescanned in four months. You know, so we have this revolving system that always keeps track of what goes on with their fire tubes and so we wanted to take the opportunity to work a lot of those bugs out here in the box and we really wanted to get 
uh, as many producers on board here as we could. And the ones that, that we're working with now are absolutely great. They, uh, their environmental part of this, to approach this, is they really want to be very proactive with getting uh, the environment side of that taken care of because they know how much of a big deal it is. Uh, you know, even though it sometimes can be, you know, be a small spill or, or you know, anything like that, there's money that they're saving on that end plus the money that they're saving not having to pull these tubes. I mean, we want to continue to, you know, get some other clientele here in the Bach until we really have a good handle on it here. And then, you know, then we are. We're seriously going to probably start looking at getting down into, you know, Permian Basin or some of these others. We've had a couple of uh, people from down that way very interested. And that was David Allen with Elite Energy Services. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. We have a social media accounts. We have Facebook pages. We've got Twitters. And we even got YouTubes. Check out our entire social media network at thecrudelife.com. With the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network, we're over 350,000 social media followers. Check us out. We'd love for you to be a part of our ever-growing army of enthusiasts here at the Multimedia Cafe. That's going to do it for today's program, folks. Appreciate it very much. If you're joining us on the radio, we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. And I'd like to thank you very much if you're listening to us online. Maybe you are downloaded one of our podcasts available at iTunes and many other podcast platforms on the interweb. We appreciate that very much. There's a lot of different places to get content today. Look at that. I just named a half a dozen of them in less than 10 seconds on how to access the Multimedia Cafe. So trust me, we know there's a lot of places to get your content. So not only do we appreciate you choosing us, but also we also understand that there is a lot of competition out there and our interviews are exclusive. So they're one of a kind. So we like to bring to you some exclusive and some one of a kind information as a way to say, you know what? We appreciate you choosing us here at the Multimedia Cafe because there's so many different places to get your content. So um, very long winded answer or very long winded thank you, I guess. I kind of went off script today. Uh, thanking you guys for uh, choosing us here at the Multimedia Cafe because you know it's there's a lot of a lot of places out there to get a lot of different content and um, thank you. So that's going to do it for today's program from the staff at the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, saying savor life and enjoy the spice. Jesus conquered the grave Shine your light and let the whole world see Singing for the glory of the risen King Jesus, shine your light and